It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I will introduce my guest in a moment or two, and I promise we're going to have a lot of fun. I do want to take a brief moment to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I usually do this every single week. I had a call with my coach, Chris Whitehead, on Thursday. And I was telling him that I had an income goal that I wanted to meet by the end of the month, which is today. And so I said, I wanted to be able to create a certain amount of money in four days. What do you think I should do? He said, make an offer. I thought, well, that's that's brilliant. <laughs> and it's a no brainer. But he said, Brian, you've made this exact same offer two other times before. And you are at a place now where you can print money on demand. You can literally print money anytime you want it. And the idea of that was mind blowing to me. And yes, it is an affirmation that I say to myself, I create money at will. I can create money at will. But to hear my coach say that out loud to me saying, you are at a place where you can actually do this now was mind blowing and it was a confidence booster. So I made the offer on Saturday. I created the amount of money I needed in one day. In fact, I created that amount of money in probably six or eight hours. It was really awesome. And then yesterday was good and today's been good. So I, I'm flying and I'm ready to go. And I'll tell you briefly what that offer is. Some of you know that I've been doing collaborative books. In December, I released a book called The Greatest Lessons I Learned from My Dad. And that was inspired uh, by when my dad passed a year ago and I wanted to do something to honor him. And so I wanted to tell my stories of the great lessons I learned. And I invited a bunch of other people to just chip in a little bit and contribute. And it did very, very well. I'm working on the companion book about the greatest lessons I learned from my mom. That's scheduled to come out in April. And this one that I just announced this weekend, ready for it, the greatest lessons I learned by being an entrepreneur. I've sold at this moment, 39 spots. I'm taking a few more. If you listening want to contribute to this book and become part of a number one Amazon bestseller, email me, brian at briankwright.com. Once again, that's brian at briankwright.com. Ask for the details and I will email them to you or better yet, just join my Facebook group, Authorpreneur Live, and you can learn all about it. But once again, that will be the greatest lessons I learned by being an entrepreneur. And I would be honored to have you be part of that. So with that in mind, I want to introduce my guest. His name is Kamar Johnson. Let me tell you about him. He grew up in a single mother household in Southside, Richmond, Virginia. And by middle school, he was an expert in sales, selling Pokemon cards and getting paid to do homework for his athlete classmates. I love that gig. That's awesome. At 16, he began contributing his income to the household to pay bills. He continued with sales jobs after high school to support his mother while mentoring at-risk youth in his local community, teaching them skill sets for entrepreneurship and wealth building. Now at 29, Kamart is the CEO and Chief Visionary Officer at GTT Commercial Tires, which is now a seven-figure owner-operator tire store. His owner brother runs the business, and he joined a scale uh, the sales and customer service experience, building relationships in Richmond's community of local drivers. Kamar quickly grew the company to a seven-figure rate from 313000 in eight, 2018 to 4, 
$1.6 million in revenue at the end of last year, increasing customer volume, revenue volume, and employee volume. He was awarded the youngest recipient of the Pacemakers First 40 Award during his time at Northwestern Mutual and was part of the President Club at CarMax, both for his distinguished work in sales. We have a lot to unwrap today, and I cannot wait. And if you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, please do that. And oh, by the way, if you ask Alexa to play Success Profiles Radio, you will hear the most recent episode. How amazing is that? So here we are with my special guest, Kamard Johnson. Kamard, how are you today? I am phenomenally well. Thank you so much, first and foremost, for asking. And also, I really, really am grateful that you were, you know, uh, so kind to have me on your show today. Oh, you're so very welcome. So here's the first thing I usually ask. Did you envision early on that you would be where you are right now? Not in a million years. (laughs) Not in a million years. Um, And so, First and foremost, just being uh, an executive, if you will, um, which is uh, an individual that is getting on the job training for that specific role um, as myself. Um, I definitely didn't see that. And I definitely didn't see myself in the commercial tire space. Wow, that that's just absolutely amazing. Well, your your start was pretty humble. You you began by selling Pokemon cards. That's that's pretty creative. That went pretty well, obviously, because you decided to pursue sales. Yeah. Yeah. So in middle school, high school, I sold Pokemon cards. I sold pegs, which are the the little screw on uh, metallic things uh, that you can stand on when you're riding a bicycle and your friends on your back. Um, I've sold jerseys uh, like basketball jerseys, football jerseys that my mom would buy me um, for more than what obviously I paid for because I paid nothing. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, then, you know, ventured into sports and always made good grades. And then, you know, guys, um, a friend or two here on the team, you know, asked for assistance here. And then I saw that as an opportunity where I felt more uh, others could obviously uh, benefit from my services. And so, yeah, I've done homework for money. Um, Mm -hmm. I've you know, this may not be the thing that most people will want to hear, but yeah, I've I've provided test answers and all. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it it quickly seemed to me to be an avenue that I could travel that would bring in additional funds, which was to uh, obviously help my mother out, which was the biggest goal for me. And so um, I never really looked at any of the things as sales or, mm-hmm. you know, being uh, creative. I just looked at it as an opportunity to bring some money into the home. And so that's really what motivated it. But then, I, you know, as I started to age even more and, you know, seeing things that I actually wanted to buy for myself, um, of course, my eyes got a lot bigger. And so um, I took on more work. <laughs> yeah. So where did it go from there? From there, um, I continued to do that, but um, I'll never forget, uh, I had a, a manager, and I'll, I'll remain her nameless just because she did some things for me in terms of allowing me to work more hours than what was legally allowable for my age, because I mm-hmm. did get out of high school early because of the honor classes that I took. And mm-hmm. so I actually worked full time um, at a department store um, in the back doing stocking, and then she quickly moved me to the front just because of my Charisma is what she always said that I had a great deal of. Um, Mm -hmm. And so then I would ring up customers and help them with their shopping experience. And so um, that was by far the the greatest, one of the earliest things that took place for me that I know pivotally definitely shaped my life before I even knew it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just really taught me a lot of things that I feel like now I'm really benefiting from, which is first and foremost, you know, the customer experience goes a long way, um, whether that is your business or that's you being in sales or that be you in customer service um, within somebody else's company. And so 
Um, I know for sure that that has definitely translated over very greatly for GTT commercial tires and one of the major contributors of why we've been able to ramp up as quickly and expedited as we have. And from there, uh, graduated high school, um, had a lot of sales experience, I guess you can say, um, with it, with, again, without necessarily noticing that or, or putting that title on my skill sets. And I got a job at H.H. Um, Gregg, uh, which was a department store retailer from the Midwest. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but they were like mm. a Best Buy competitor. Okay. And so I sold appliances, TVs, uh, dishwashers, you name it. And quickly from there, um, I originally started as a customer service merchandiser, which was just a big word for cashier. Yeah. Um, what ended up happening is I had a great manager there, um, Jim, who was just a phenomenal human being. And I proposed to him to allow me to leave the pit, which was the customer service area or basically the, the cash register where you rung people up. And I wanted to try the sales floor. And my only contingency was if they didn't like my performance, they would not fire me and allow me to just come back into you know the pit and do customer service work. And so he agreed. And I went out there and I killed it. They started me on the electronic side. And then I quickly educated myself about the appliances so that I could actually sell the whole floor because they had a system where if a customer, you and and um, someone that's with you came into the store, Brian, and you guys wanted a TV, I could help you. But if I asked you what you came in for and you said a refrigerator, then I would have to pass you off to the next guy in that department. And I didn't uh, necessarily like that, obviously, because I wanted to be able to serve as anyone that I had the pleasure of being able to greet. And so went to my managers and proposed to them that they would let me, you know, cross sale, if you will. And they did. Um, and I think they may not have either thought about the potential recall or backlash that they would get from the appliance uh, salespeople, or maybe they thought that that could light a fire under their butts. And so they really didn't, didn't care. Um, either way, they allowed me to do it. And uh, I really killed it there. More of the story, a, a gentleman came in um, in a really nice suit, um, and he was looking for a anniversary present for his wife. I ended up selling him a dishwasher and a refrigerator, mm. and he was like, man, I just think your talents are far beyond what you're able to do here. No disrespect to this company. Would you be open to yeah. you know, a change of pace? And I'm like, well, what do you do? Um, and he's pretty evasive. He's like, I'm in finance. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, but I'm like, yeah, whatever. Um, a lot of that would happen, but nothing never really materialized. And so maybe a couple months later, a recruiter reached out to me um, from Northwestern Mutual, and I ended up interviewing. But at the time, she thought I wanted to be a intern. And I'm like, no, ma'am, in interns don't make any money. Far mm -hmm. as I know, I'm, I'm trying to make money. I need to make money. Right. Um, because obviously, I made the decision to forego college, which obviously was a, a blow to my mother um, because that's what she wanted for me. Um, however, I thought that my financial contributions into the household were far outseed um, that ambition of hers for me um, at mm -hmm. that time. And so that was the executive decision I chose to make. And so after seven interviews, literally with seven different people within the firm, I ended up getting the job offer, uh, which I mulled over, which they couldn't believe that I didn't just take it right then. But I actually had some other really good opportunities. H.H. Mm -hmm. Gregg actually was going to allow me to go out to Schaumburg, Illinois, to be a manager out there. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had a couple other financial opportunities with some other insurance and investment companies. And mm -hmm. so ended up deciding to go with them. And the pace set of 40 is the award that I won, um, that I'm the youngest in company history to achieve. Mm -hmm. And that's just achieving 40 accounts of $100,000 or more 
um, on the investment side to manage, and then $41 million or more um, whole life insurance accounts uh, that you bring in within that same time frame. Wow, that's absolutely fantastic. And we will explore a lot more when we come back from the break. And we will talk to him about GTT Commercial Tires and how he and he and his brother built that business. I will ask him who his favorite business role models are. I'll ask him what is the most expensive mistake he's ever made. And I'll help give him some time to think about it. And we'll talk about so much more when we come back. This is Success Profiles Radio. We will return with my very special guest, Kamar Johnson. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. It's marching down the Sitting in traffic can cause a lot of storm and drain or stress and strain. Did you know that on average, Americans spend about six months of their lives waiting at red lights? Stoplights were originally invented by police who were tired of almost being run over. The smallest interval of time known to man is that which occurs between the traffic signal turning green and the car behind you blowing its horn. The U.S. has enough roads to circle the earth 150 times. And the first center line on a paved road was painted in 1917. Did you know there's a name for those raised bump reflectors on roads? They're called Botts Dots, named after their inventor, Albert Botts. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Kamar Johnson. And we are going to talk about the company that he and his brother are running called GTT Commercial Tires shortly. And if you've not picked up the latest book called The Greatest Lessons I Learned From My Dad, it is on Amazon. The paperback version and the Kindle version are there. And I would be honored if you would buy that and pick that up on Amazon today. That would be absolutely fantastic. So, Kamar, I want to ask you, who are your favorite business role models? My number one would definitely be Gary Vaynerchuk. To me, I've had the pleasure of actually meeting him um, a few times, actually, in person. And what you see online is very indicative of who he is in the real world, offline. Um, Very thoughtful individual. I mean, incredibly intelligent and forward thinking, Uh and yet still so empathetic and down to earth. And so 
um, despite his immense uh, financial and business decisions and successes, to me, it's more about what I've gotten to know about him as a person, which I think is really the biggest driver as to why he is um, mm. as abundant as he has been in terms of everything that he has uh, achieved. So he would definitely be number one. Um, I have a great deal of respect for um, Dan Fleischman, uh, which mm-hmm. I'm sure you probably know him. Um, yep. I, again, a very, very smart, creative, determined individual, again, that still practices a great deal of of humanism, as I like to talk about and call it. And um, I got a lot of respect for him. Um, those would be my top two. I mean, there's, there's a ton uh, yeah. for sure that I see that are doing some great things and, and going about it in a way that I look at. And I'm, I'm like, OK, I can tip my head off to that. Yep. But those two are the two that come to top of mind for sure. Fantastic. I want to ask you, what is the most expensive mistake you have ever made? It can be financial. It doesn't have to be. It could be a time opportunity thing. It could be an opportunity lost. What is the most expensive mistake you've ever made? I'll tell it to you this way. I am an aggressive dude um, in a lot of ways. And so my brother and I have begun to bring in our own containers of tires, meaning that we were importing them. And mm-hmm. obviously that was a way that we were able to, of course, cut a lot of costs. And what I would say is the mistake that I would label it as, and I think it, it, you know, for the audience, audience, it should be good to note that problems and mistakes aren't necessarily negative things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just words with a definition to them in terms of a circumstance. And so um, I underestimated the the mistake was I underestimated the backlash that we potentially would receive from storied brands in this industry that have been around literally, um, in some cases, 100 plus years with some of these companies that we would disrupt in the aspect of customer flow and mm-hmm. how they would react to it, which ended up being with these containers of tires that we brought in, we ended up having three of them seized with no real reason of cause by the port um, and customs. And it ended up costing us over a half a million dollars because we didn't get the containers of tires. We got charged a bunch of different frivolous fees from storage to cleaning out the containers um, to destroying the tires, which I don't really think actually happened. But nevertheless, Mm -hmm. um, that was very costly. And, And this is very recent. This happened in 2020. Wow. Do you think your competitors were sabotaging you on purpose? I do. <laughs> yeah. It's, I've, I've had that happen to me, too. I mean, my, <laughs> my business that I'm thinking of wasn't nearly on the scale of that, but I used to be a resume writer back way back in the day before the Internet, and we were still relying on newspaper ads. Well, one of my competitors decided I was taking too much of the pie, and mm. so she would call the local newspaper pretending to work for me and canceling my ads. She did this three different times. She canceled my Sunday ad. And they believed her. I was so upset. Wow. Yeah. That, no. That's that's next level low. It really is. But Were you good. able to get the ads back up and going? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I called them. I called them like right away. Good. Absolutely. Thank goodness I had other advertising sources. And so God takes care of me. So it's all 100%. good. But, you know, it, it it was just maddening. So I do want to ask you, what do you think your big mission is? Personal or professional? Uh, professional. 
professional for me to be candid with you is to become a billionaire. Mm. Yes. I am not shy about putting that out there. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, obviously, in order to achieve a goal that big, you have to have your strong reasons for that. And I'm sure you have those. Yes, I do. Wonderful. Wonderful. So let's talk about GTT Commercial Tires and how that got started. Yeah, so my brother is actually the founder. Um, and yes. so a lot of the success really needs to go to him because literally without him, A, taking the plunge um, to jump out there and to see if he could, you know, find product market fit for such a product um, mm -hmm. without it being his native space. Um, and then to obviously make a really, really good row at it. Um, he actually did 317,000, not 313 uh, okay. to get it to that point. And it was very low overhead. And so obviously that put him in a position where it was a really good take home for him. Um, it was just a more simplified business model than what I introduced, which is where it was cash and carry. So you and your buddy would come on a Saturday uh, afternoon and pick up 20 tires and take them on back to wherever you guys were, pay and go. And that was it, um, which was, again, really good. And then, you know, um, I saw that he was doing well. Um, of course, we're brothers, so we meet over at my mother's home, which we have done for the last seven years or so uh, mm -hmm. for, on Sunday for dinner. And, of course, we talk about things. You know, again, I was at Northwestern Mutual during the time, and so he knew what I was doing. And I was obviously making a really good run at it myself there. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, he was making a really good run at his own thing. And so, of course, my mother wanting her two sons to work together, she would always be very vocal around, you know, the benefits that we potentially could experience with working with one another, just because we are different in a lot of ways and yet similar in some as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so it ended up manifesting because unlike myself, my brother's not very ver vocal. Uh, so mm -hmm. he doesn't talk a lot, but his, his communication style is one that I am very versed in and I understand it. So mm -hmm. I knew he wanted it, but he would have never like, you know, just kind of openly been like, yeah, just, you know, come and, you know, join me. So it was mm -hmm. funny to see how he, in a sense, kind of squirmed a little bit over the course of me deliberating because I didn't immediately do it. But mm -hmm. I did come to the realization that despite having a really great corporate America situation going on, that was a, a field I could always return to if I so chose, but the opportunity to potentially, you know, build something even greater with my brother was one that I didn't feel I could pass up. Mm -hmm. And so I, this was all from 2017 to 2018 in that course, wow. literally. So again, like I said, it wasn't like I just, oh, it's my brother. I'm going to jump and go and do it. Even though my mother was on my back about it. I did, you know, thoroughly take my time and, you know, made sure that it made sense for me also. But um, uh, I officially joined January 1, 2019. And from there, you know, uh, we jumped to seven figures uh, that first year. Um, wow. It was it was pretty speedy in terms of how it all happened, because at the time, the operation was still very skeleton key. So it was my mm -hmm. brother and I and literally two techs. Um, and so um, I'll be very candid. We, we didn't have my brother didn't have merchant processing um, in, in place at the time. And so it was literally cash and carry. Wow. Um, and so literally I would talk to the, I would greet the customer, talk to the customer. Uh, negotiate with the customer, select the tires for the tech so that they knew exactly what they were going to install, take the customer inside, give them the total. Then my brother would then take them off premises down the street about uh, half a mile um, mm. to an ATM to get cash, literally. Mm. Um, and this is the process. They come back. I, you know, finish up with them, collect the cash from them, get a review, get a testimonial, um, build rapport with them, just really driving home the customer experience, which is something that I'm definitely very uh, good mm -hmm. at. And yeah. then from there, the customer pull up, I'd excuse myself from Brian, and then I go over to the next guy and rinse and repeat. 
And uh, that's literally what the first year looked like. So wow. uh, a lot of cash deposits for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. It's Is it difficult to start a business in this industry? It can be capital intensive just because your biggest cost is going to be a inventory. And, you know, there are a various amount of sizes that you need to have to be sufficient to serve the need of majority of the commercial vehicles that more than likely will come through your store. And then also the store itself, um, whether that's you leasing it or, or purchasing it. So, yeah, yeah it, it can uh, it can be a little bit of money. Yeah, uh, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Building a business is all about finding a need and then filling it. Right. Yeah. And he did that very well, literally. Um, he knew for sure that if nothing else, what he could do was be a a price benefactor for well, a price he could be the benefit for owner operators as it pertained to price. Yeah. Um, and so that was his first initial goal and obstacle uh, that he wanted to overcome for them, and he did that successfully. And then what I wanted to do was kind of bring it in a lot folder and just make it more of a brand, um, mm -hmm. more based on the, the value that we could bring to them instead of being a volume player on cost, just because literally anyone with deep pockets can come into an industry, no matter what that is. And if your only value proposition and add to the market is just price, then you can easily be you know, replaced. And so yeah. I definitely didn't want that to happen to us. And I can probably say at this point that we have grown um, quite the community that is definitely coming to us for a lot more reasons than just price at this point, especially with the inflation and a lot of cost of goods and just the market being a lot different than what it was three years ago when I joined. Yep. Um, and so now price is, is really not uh, as easy going as it was. And so, absolutely, yeah, to see yeah. the customer growth and the, the repeat yeah. business, um, I know for sure that we're doing well on that piece. Absolutely. We've got a couple minutes to our break. Why do people complicate things in business? I think a lot of times it's because in business, unlike a lot of paths that we travel in life, there's really no guidelines that we get at a young age or mm -hmm. even at a, at a young adult age to really give us a route of travel to make it less bumpy. You know, it's almost like parenting. Mm -hmm. So you, yeah. you're, you're not in a position where you really know what you're doing. Like you can talk to your parents. You can even maybe talk to your grandparents in terms of how they did things. But just with how the shift in our economy, the shift in our world, the shift in communication, the shift in how parenting is, you know, beating a child per se um, isn't as fond uh, or, or smiled upon as it used to be. Um, so it's just a lot of nuances that I think in, in life and in business that um, has changed it, you know. Um, it's one of those things you just kind of got to get in there. And, and of course, mentors can help for sure. But yeah. I don't think necessarily there is really a curriculum around how to be good in business. Right. Absolutely. We're coming up against our next break already. I cannot believe how quickly it is coming. Uh, I just want to ask you real quick, what are, what are your top two core values? Honesty and reliability. Honesty and reliability. That is so awesome. And I think that's really, really important because when you make decisions uh, based on your core values, it, it, it becomes easy to make decisions because if you know what your core values are and they're rank ordered, you're not going to be confused. I love that. We're going to come right back after the break. My very special guest is Kamar Johnson. Please stay with us. Don't go away. This is Success Profiles Radio.
The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. We are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Kamar Johnson, and he is the uh, the owner. He and his brother co-own a company called GTT Commercial Tires, and they service the trucking industry, commercial tires. And it, it's beautiful because a lot of places will service you know your cars, but there are not a lot of businesses out there that work with commercial projects. And so this is fantastic. So I want to ask you, Kamar, in addition to tire sales and installations, you saw an opportunity to grow your business by providing roadside assistance how'd that happen yeah so looking at it i just instantly identified that it was great that we were able to take care of the guys who had the ability to plan out their visit and what they needed to have replaced based on their pre-trip inspections that they do before they go and get a load or go and drop off a load however i i always thought to myself and i mentioned to my brother like what about the guys who have an unplanned uh, repair or replacement need that happens on the road. Mm-hmm. I could imagine that there is probably just as much, if not more business there. And so he agreed with me instantly. And then we just did a little bit more research around the area and seeing what the wait times were and if we could improve upon that. And so right now in our area, at least uh, the average rolling time is two and two hours and 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. We're actually able to do it within an hour. Um, and so, of course, when you're able to save people time, right, speed is definitely a, an asset. It can be when when controlled. Um, you know, we quickly were able to start garnering a lot of business there. So, yeah, yeah it, it, you know, just seemed like uh, a no brainer. Absolutely. Do you have preferred vendor relationships with insurance companies? You know, at this current moment, we do not. Be a good thing to explore. Indeed. It is a part of our strategy that we are rolling out this uh, year as it pertains to some strategic um, partnerships and alliances, if you will. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So what do you think is the biggest growing pain you encountered as you've grown your business? People. People. 
um, that that's really the biggest bottleneck. I think um, I do believe to a degree that the owner or owners themselves can potentially be a, a huge bottleneck if they're unwilling to relinquish uh, certain pieces of the operation to staff. But in our case, it's uh, people. And I, and I think that that really is it uh, for most organizations, you know, finding good people, training good people, coaching good people, but most importantly, retaining good people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we spent a huge and an enormous amount of time on personnel development for sure. Absolutely. Because I, I think in a lot of quote unquote small to mid-sized businesses, and even in some of the larger corporations today, you can see that training has definitely taken a back seat to just, you know, in a sense, the 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 remedy being just continue to hire and keep the the um the profile open on zip recruiter and indeed to just keep the pipeline filled with people versus mm-hmm. actually investing into the people that are a in a sense investing into you by giving you their time to help you build your vision of whatever that is mm-hmm. um and so we spent a huge time on development for sure wonderful what steps did it take for you to scale to seven figures if i had to put it there i would say attention to detail as it pertained to things that were not met for the particular industry that we serve in our niche customer, our avatar. Mm -hmm. I would say prioritizing the customer experience. And for us, where that really shines is their time. Um, And then obviously the financial components and not just on price, but just a lot of the resources that we provide them that provides them empowerment to be able to get the tires that they need without having to, you know, either A, feel like they have to have prime credit or B, you know, feel like they have to fork out uh, a lot of their earnings that are really necessary for their fuel bill per week, as well as the maintenance um, issues that arise unexpectedly a lot of times. Um, and then, you know, just the community effect of it. You know, mm. I feel like our customers really know without a shadow of a doubt that we really do give a damn about mm-hmm. not just their business that they're giving mm-hmm. us, but their business and the aspect of how we can contribute to them being that much more successful. And so there's a lot of things that we do internally um, in terms of communication, in terms of resource connecting that we provide our owner operators that have definitely aided them in being able to be in a position to add more to their bottom line at the end of the year by virtue of their affiliation with us. Fantastic. In order to build something amazing like this, you have to believe that you deserve it first, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, without belief, um, you know, I do think that there's a certain level of things that, you know, you can kind of trip into and and serendipity, you know, can take place and help, you know, kind of guide and, and drift you into certain uh, places of, of success or achievement. But I think to really be able to A, sustain it and B, to know how to really be able to recreate it. I think mm-hmm. the belief definitely has to be present and, and very alive and strong. Yeah. I think some companies on a different topic, I think some companies try to grow too fast. I was just wondering, how did you know when it was time to get a second location? <sighs> That's so great of a question because um, I can tell you, yeah, we we were um, an example of growing too fast. So, or I would say an, a warning. Because I, I joined January 1, 2019. By March of 2019, I had already convinced my brother that we should open up a second store. Mind you, I really knew very little about tires still at that point. And we, again, had a very skeleton crew of a staff at the Richmond location, which was just four of us, you know, including myself. And yet, you know, again, he trusted me, which, again, I give my brother so much credit for because 
you know, he had a lot of humility to first and foremost, in a sense, jump in the passenger seat, knowing that, you know, with the way that I wanted to take this, I would obviously get a lot of attention and it would be easily uh, for one to forget that, you know, again, he started this. He got it to a point where it was viable enough for someone like myself to be able to come in and take it um, to the next level. And then also having the confidence and my abilities to do that. And so, you know, we get the second location and literally um, not even a month into it, you know, we're getting calls from customers and they're like, hey, man, uh, this is Brian Wright and I'm up here at your location in Fredericksburg, but the doors are closed and I mean, it's locked. Nobody's here. What's going on? And so, yeah, um, that was definitely a warning of growing too fast because we really hadn't had our systems in place. We didn't have our standard operating mm -hmm. procedures in place. We hadn't had a, a, a consistent pipeline for staffing. We didn't have an onboarding process. And so, you know, we had really very little in place to jump out and do such a thing so quickly. But that was the ambition and, and the drive of myself. Um, and so that, you know, I can say, um, can also be thrown into the, the aforementioned question from earlier about mm -hmm. um, a mistake that I made that was costly because what we ended up having to do, fortunately, it worked out where we subleased it to another company. And so financially, we didn't lose anything. And uh, it just worked out that way. But it, it could have been a much more significant financial blow had that not worked out like that. So mm -hmm. yeah, the second go around in terms of the second location uh, officially again, you know, I knew that we needed to have all of that stuff that I just mentioned that wasn't in place in place. Mm -hmm. And so I think once you get it to a point where, quote unquote, if you do have a brick and mortar operation where you're not part of the day to day anymore from taking phone calls, collecting money, the customer experience, customer service, et cetera. Um, I think for starters, you you can look at it and say that you might be in a good position to do so in terms of opening up a second or third yeah. uh, location. Um, but definitely making sure that you have your systems in place, making sure yeah. that you have your personnel development in place in terms of training for all scenarios that you have faced, of course, but even scenarios that you can potentially project out that might now come as a as a result of the next level that you're now on. Um, and then, of course, having your standard operating procedures, because I think with those things and then, of course, your vision and having the people that align with those things, it gives you the ability to absorb um, mm -hmm. what will come along with having to then, in a sense, recreate that process over. Absolutely. For you, what is the difference between working on your business and working in your business? At this point, again, not working in the business to me is dealing with the day-to-day -day things, mm -hmm. um, your customer acquisition, um, you know, the customer service piece, the cash collection or payment, uh, you know, phone calls, you know, and 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 for so many business owners, that is what it is. And based on what is important to them and what they're looking to achieve, that may still be enough, right? Like that may be totally cool. For me, with the size and scale and the targets that we have that we're striving toward, I knew that we would never be able to get there if I was still doing all of those tasks, despite mm -hmm. the fact that I'm pretty proficient in those. Yeah. But if you can find people, not if, when you find people and you give them the appropriate attention and examples that you can show them in terms of how you went about it that obviously produced successful results. What I've found is it gives those people a trampoline and a springboard to then be able to do it, but actually do it better than you, which I think you should relish and welcome because 
now we have multiple people doing different things versus where Kamard and Rashad is doing everything, right? Yeah. And so that means nothing is getting the full amount of attention, which means it's diluted, which means you can't never be as good at it as somebody who's spending as much of their time on it and not being bogged down or distracted with other things, pulling yeah. them in different directions. And so yeah. I think that that has helped. Um, and so that's working in the business for me now at this point, you know, it is strategic partnerships It's events like this, um, you know, with gracious hosts like yourself that are allowing me to come on and talk about, you know, a lot of the good things that is happening, um, not just for me individually, but most importantly for the business itself and really also painting a picture as to how alive and well the brick and mortar space is for specific industries, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, we, we're definitely living in a time where, you know, it's so much emphasis put on e-com and it's a, obviously a, a great um, uh, invention, if you will, an avenue to take for uh, profit and for gain. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, brick and mortar still has a place. And so Absolutely. for me, working on the business now, it's more about the branding. It's more about the the culture. Right. I'm huge on that right now. Mm-hmm. It's about the development of my uh, executive team and and the managers so that they can obviously continue to push forward um, the business and and making sure that everybody is you know following what they're going to be judged on and graded on as it pertains to their scorecard and so they drive the business day to day and what I now do is drive a lot of the higher level things as it pertains to mm-hmm. how I feel like we're going to map to some of these targets that we're striving for as it pertains to a revenue goal. Awesome. A little over a minute until our next break. Here's speaking of culture. Here's a question. Do you hire for skills and experience or do you hire for attitude first? Attitude. Yeah. Attitude. You can have someone with the skill sets, but if their attitude doesn't fit the culture, if their attitude doesn't fit um, the seat that you're going to put them in, I feel like it actually does your, your organization more harm. Yeah, I I love all of that. Um, your maybe your top two or three productivity tips. <laughs> One that I am not a, a huge um, participant with, but rest. Um, yes, for sure. Um, I think working out, and I think having someone to talk to that you can really feel like understands you. Whether that's a, a therapist, whether that's another business owner, whether that's your spouse, whether that's your best friend, your sibling, whatever. Um, I think those three things are all healthy for maximum productivity because you need to unload and or download into others um, to get yeah. things off your brain. That's absolutely fantastic. We are coming up against our next break. My very special guest this week is Kamara Johnson, and we are talking about scaling and building a commercial tire business. The lessons that we're talking about here can probably be applied to the lessons uh, or the, the things that you're doing in your own business if you have one. So please be mindful of that. We will come right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. 
It's easy, and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. on earth is a paraprasadukian? A paraprasadukian is a figure of speech that uses a cliché to set the bait, followed by a linguistic surprise. Groucho Marx's old saying offered a great example. I've had a perfectly wonderful evening, but this wasn't it. What's it called again? A paraprasadukian. Other examples of paraprasadukians include Do not argue with an idiot. He will drag you down to his level and beat you with experience. Or, the last thing I want to do is hurt you, but it's still high on the list. Dolphins are so smart that within a few weeks of captivity, they can train people to stand at the edge of the pool and throw them some fish. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Kamar Johnson. And we are talking about building a commercial tire business and the lessons that we can learn from that and apply to our own businesses. So let me ask you, because your industry is very inventory driven, uh, has the supply chain issue impacted your business? Fortunately not. And the, the reason is, is because my brother and I are pretty forward thinkers. And in February of last year, we foreseen that this potentially was going to happen. And so what we did was increased our purchase orders and spent more money than what we actually had budgeted um, to prevent against this. And mm -hmm. literally that has panned out for us to be a very smart and wise decision. And so, no, we've been in a good spot. Great. And hopefully you negotiated a much better rate because you were buying a lot more. Yes, of course. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> of course, absolutely. So since you serve the trucking industry, do you have preferred vendor relationships with truck stop chains? I know we talked about that with uh, insurance companies. Well, they actually do what we do. And so, no. uh, uh, yeah, they, they find us to be a competitor to what they do. Got it. Didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah, that does make sense. Awesome. So let's talk about Google reviews. How important has that been for your business? It's been heavy, man. I mean, you know, when people we live in a society now where you know, people are looking for others who have encountered um, whatever it is that they're potentially contemplating encountering and they want to know what their take was. And I think that that has definitely aided us very greatly because the take, fortunately, on our end um, is very positive. Um, I believe we have almost 1,700 uh, five-star reviews at location one. Uh, location wow. two has been open not even a month yet, and I think we're probably about 50 there. So, yeah, um, it's been a, a must-have for sure. Absolutely. So in terms of marketing, how do you stand out in the marketplace from others who do the exact same thing? It is definitely the community. You know, I think um, at this stage now, it is well known that when you come to us, the level of treatment and respect and priority that you're going to receive is mm -hmm. second to none. And yeah. at this point, that is the way that we stand out. 
because Absolutely. we don't beat them on time. Um, and again, like I said, a lot of these guys have been in business for 100 plus years. Um, so you can't play the familiarity game with them. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely been our customer experience. Fantastic. When is the best time to ask for a referral? For us, I mean, we ask right on the spot after the service, nearing the end of the service, you know, uh, we, we test the waters to see how they feel about their experience. And it's typically positive. And from there, we pivot to whom do you believe we could actually service that isn't coming to, coming to us currently uh, that's in your network. Yeah, I love that. That's fantastic. So how do you know what to say yes or no to? I believe for me uh, specifically is by sticking to my <laughs> principles, sticking to my my authentic and truest self in terms of how I see things and view things and understanding that that does mean that there will be certain things that I say no to that will actually have financial and or whatever the other metric of, of measure is um, for success um, that will do well. And I am okay with that if it doesn't align with my personal thesis. Mm, that's great. Gratitude is a huge topic on this show. How important has that been to your journey? Well, uh, if you remember, I started it off by telling you how grateful I am to be here. I and mean, you have yes. me on the show. It is by far the biggest driver of me um, as an individual. You know, it's something that my mother drilled in me um, at a very young age, um, mm -hmm. a part of my upbringing, which is why, again, for me, it made sense to forego going to college and actually pitching in because I was always very grateful of all of the sacrifices that I knew and that I didn't know of that she made for me to obviously um have a good foundation to grow into the young man that I am becoming. And yeah. so, yeah, gratitude is everything for me. It drives all of my decisions for the most part, because, you know, I understand nobody owes me anything and right. anything that somebody does for me, um, including you with allowing me on this show. Um, mm -hmm. I am very appreciative for it truly, genuinely and authentically. I am grateful. Yeah. Fantastic. How important is it for you to take action quickly once you have an idea? For me, is everything. You know, again, it goes back to uh, one of our pillars in the business: speed. You know, if I if I have enough information to feel confident about making the decision at that point, I move forward with it. I love that. How do you handle those who can't handle your success? Uh, you know, you got to understand that there are going to come scenarios. There are going to come times and circumstances where whether it's backlashed, it's on the internet or, you know, at the family function, uh, you know, from, from relatives um, that don't necessarily agree with your expressions. Um, but as long as they're your truest expressions, I think that you should take refuge with the fact that you are being genuine and authentic to who you are. Um, and those people who really value who you really are, um, I think they'll stick around. I think they'll support you. And I think that uh, in a sense, you know, you guys will become more aligned. Absolutely. What has been your biggest aha moment in business? You know, I don't think I've I've had it yet. OK, I really believe the best is still yet to come for me. I, I don't believe I am nowhere near my, my peak. Uh -huh. uh, fortunately, uh, with, with the our version of success that we've had thus far. And so I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying the process, Brian, in the aspect mm -hmm. of, again, I feel like similar to what you said um, with your mother, as well as with entrepreneurship in terms of lessons that you've learned, I yep. can, too, also um, say the same for myself, where I know wholeheartedly that a lot of the lessons and a lot of the things that I'm having to endure and go through um, as an executive on the job, as someone now leading a seven-figure company on the verge of an eight-figure company, um, and being tasked with all of those different decisions that come into play um, in my seat that I sit in, 
Um, I know it's making me a better brother. It's making me a better human. It's mm-hmm. making me a better husband. Um, and I believe it's really giving me the tools to, and, and, and no offense to anybody, but give me all of the instructions and skill sets to be the world's greatest father, which is by far my biggest personal passion. I love that. So that being said, what has surprised you the most about entrepreneurship? The fact that, you know, being a former athlete, um, this is something that I can literally play for the rest of my life. There is no quote unquote retirement age um, because you don't you don't age out due to physical incapabilities. What was your sport? I'm going to guess basketball. You got it. I was a hell of a shot. (laughs) How far how far did you go? Um, high school. Just okay, high school. good. Yeah. That's wonderful. What advice to entrepreneurs uh, would you have who might be struggling right now? You know, I like to give tailored information um, or suggestions, if you will, Got um, it. because I think at that point you're you're really in the best position to speak directly to that that person's challenge and, and what their situation is. Um because I think a lot of anything else really is just kind of like blanket statements, which I think in a lot of cases do more harm than help. Just yep. because in a lot of times where they potentially are from a mental space in an emotional space, it just becomes convoluted. And, and it, it seems as if it's more work for them to have to figure out. And so as a v- virtue of trying to not go down that path, right. they just kind of dismiss it. Right. Totally understand. So what is your superpower? What do you do better than anyone else? Hmm. It's interesting. Uh, I would say my superpower is being Kamard, which I think mm. comes with his own unique um, experiences and exposure that makes me best suited for certain things. And, mm. you know, I think it puts me in a position to take a place at any table and be able to bring value. Mm-hmm. What bucket list item would you like to accomplish in the next 12 months, either business or personal? Business, I'd say I'd like to make good on what I just mentioned, which is uh, the transition from a seven-figure company to an eight-figure company, which mm-hmm. at this current juncture, we're well on on pace for. So, yeah, it's seeing that through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would imagine that the person you are as a seven-figure earner is going to be different than the person you need to be to be an eight-figure earner, right? Absolutely. So what differences do you think there are going to have to be for you? Right now, you know, it's the biggest thing for me is stacking my skill sets. Um, So much of my successes, if you will, to this point have been, in a sense, just because of my natural given gifts from God. Um, And so, you know, I haven't really had to put in a lot of practice, if you will. Right. So to kind of use the sports analogy, I haven't had to take a lot of shots to become a good shooter. And I think that can actually be a crutch and a handicap to a lot of people um, because things come so easy and so naturally to you and and you're able to get uh, stellar results without putting in as much work as the next guy. Um, But for me, I've actually taken that as the challenge. That's the onus that I put on myself. And so um, at this point it's digging deep and being able to welcome being a novice and welcome not being um, so naturally gifted at, certain things that I feel like I need to be equipped with and learn and know uh, to navigate these waters in efforts to becoming the eight-figure um, CVO, CVO of GTT. Yeah, and that's chief visionary officer, right? Yes, sir. 
That's awesome. So tell me about some of, we, we talked about a couple of the most influential mentors that you've had. What are some of the influential books that you've read? I'll be candid with you, Brian. I've actually, um, I'm, I'm not the biggest book reader. Um, I'm, Audio? I'm working on getting into it. No, no, I've not done much of either. Honestly, mm. uh, the only book that I have read um, in full um, is Gary V. Um, I think it's Crush It. That's, that's, that's a good the one. Only book I've written. I mean, that's the only book that I've read. Wow, that's fantastic. That's a good place to start. It really is. We've got a couple minutes until the end. What advice would you give to the eighteen-year-old version of yourself? Keep believing. Keep believing. Yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Who who inspires and motivates you? This is the question I ask everyone at the end. My mother. And my brother, honestly, um, and my wife in mm. all different ways. You know, my mom, uh, you know, from a place of creativity, a place of really scrapping, scratching and surviving and getting to a point finally where she's thriving. Right. Mm -hmm. And so just seeing all of the perseverance more so than anything that had to go into her actually achieving that. My brother always being a man of men, um, always being a builder of things. Right. Um, and so that's for sure where I can say a lot of the entrepreneurial um, journey kind of uh, spewed over to me. And then my wife, man, so peaceful, so full of solace, so reserved, mm. so um, loving towards the earth and animals and others and just so yep. caring and thoughtful. Um, so, yeah, those three for sure would be my biggest. Fantastic. How can we tr uh, tribe with you and vibe with you? Where can we find you? On Facebook, Instagram, Twitter is Kamard Johnson, spelled K-A-M-A-R-D-J-O-H-N-S-O-N. Fantastic. Kamard, thank you so much for being here. It was awesome having you here. Yes, sir. Again, I'm so grateful for you having me. Thank you so much. Awesome. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons we can learn from them along the way. Until next week, have a great one, everyone. Take care. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.